welcome to the Black Sunday Tape, Things That Go Bump In The Night, episode 21. Hope everyone's having an amazing week. How are you doing, Chris? Well, I just spilled a load of water on myself. Oh, well, that's not, <laughs> that's a good start. I think, you know, you know, before we come in there, we have this countdown to start recording. And I thought, right, before he starts recording, I'm going to quickly undo this bottle of water. And I did that thing where you're gripping it too tightly. You pull the lid off <laughs> and it just went everywhere. It's gone everywhere. What yeah. a great start. Yeah, I've done that before. <laughs> I normally, before we sit down to record, I normally sit down with um a cup of coffee. And uh, I've done that a few times where I'm like, right, I'll get in a cheeky sip now before I intro. And then, yeah, it just bloody goes everywhere, doesn't it? But yeah, <laughs> one absolute nightmare. Right, so... A little bit of horror news to jump into. I'm actually looking forward to uh, getting your thoughts on a few things that I sent over. So let's jump into the first topic. The I don't know if you knew, we did hear a little bit ago that there was a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre film coming. Mm -hmm. We weren't too sure, is it a prequel? Is it a sequel to what version of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? We now have confirmation from the producer that the next Texas Chainsaw Massacre film is a sequel, a direct sequel to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre that will follow old man Leatherface. Now, for those of you out there that are fans of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise, you may be saying, well, hold on a minute. We already had that film. And yes, we, we did. You, you are right. The 2013 film, I believe it was. Mm-hmm was meant to be a direct sequel to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, but apparently that's been completely wrote off and, and they're doing this again. Your thoughts, sir? I mean, I, as a franchise, I really like it. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I believe I've seen most of them, and I haven't seen one that I didn't like. The latter ones, or the reboots and sequels that they did kind of between, I think, like 2017 and 2000, they kind of bleed into each other for me yeah, bleed being the operative word um but i still enjoy them i still really enjoy them and i know like purists will say yeah you know it's not as good as the original well, that's that's fine i still enjoy them you know I, f I find them good fun uh fun fun films uh so when seeing that there's going to be this one again you know i'm i'm, I'm fine with that I, I i i like the characters what i was most interested in those uh, two things is that you know they're going back to an original um style of filmmaking with with uh you know practical effects no no cgi on, on, on yeah. none of that nonsense yeah. and uh it, being produced by the guy who did the uh evil dead reboot yeah. which again yeah. I, I really i mean that was brutal that was yeah, I really and that I loved was all it. practical and, yeah it was yeah. so violent and it yeah. you know makes you remember that the actual original evil dead was was very serious it didn't have like the comedy element um and the other thing is the uh one of the original writers of texas chainsaw massacre is producing as yes. well which I, I think is a big bonus to the project as well i'm, I'm all for it i'm all yeah for I'm, it. i i agree i completely agree as uh you know and, and some of you listening out there might know the original texas chainsaw massacre is my favorite modern day horror film I, I say modern day because i split classic horror and modern horror between about 1965 so anything before 1965 to me is classic horror anything after and we could get into that but i it's to do with like the way films are made and the stories and, and stuff like that but 
yeah, of that modern era for me, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is my favorite. I think it's incredible from the the feel of it, how raw it is, how into that world you go, and and you know it just feels dirty for lack of a better mm-hmm. word, and it, it genuinely feels scary. There is something terrifying about the world you live in, so it's very very welcoming that they have announced that not only is this a sequel to the direct film but it will follow those ideas it is all practical effects it's even being shot with old stock yes, camera yeah. film which i which i love i love that it's going to have that look have that hopefully 1970s look about it I, you know I, I love that idea but yeah i'm i'm looking forward to this i Again, I, I feel like with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre films, it's almost best that you don't really try and pay attention to what order they go in because it's all over the place. Yeah. A little bit like the, um, you know, that's the joke that's always been made about the Fox X-Men films. It's like yeah. what bloody order they go in. You know, you've got you've got the originals, then you've got the, the prequel stuff, you know, the um, uh, first class stuff, then you've got the Wolverine stuff, then you've got the Deadpool stuff, and like none of it makes sense. It's all... No. It's all completely out of focus. I feel like I read today Disney are rebooting it again. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. That's on the way, mate. That is definitely on the way. That's the spin-off of Wandavision. That's where they've like they hinted at that heavily in Wandavision, didn't they? So that's where they're going with that. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this. I can't say I'm not. This is this is one I'm definitely looking forward to. And yeah, I just hope that they they do deliver on that raw 1970s feel. You know, it's yeah. Like they've said, all in camera, all the effects are in camera. They're going with that vintage lenses, vintage film. Man, I mean, that's music to my ears. I can't wait well, for that. I really... One of the things that I really like about it, and obviously all genres of horror have their, their positives and, and negatives to them, but one of the strengths of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is uh, a bit like with Halloween, the first Halloween anyway, is that yeah. it's believable. It could happen. So you yes. could think... Yeah. You know, like Michael Myers, you know, some of the things that happen to him are a bit of a stretch, but there's nothing supernatural there. And the same with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which has the added bonus of, although not being a true story, elements of it are are based on true events. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. And I feel like that's what's so good about the original, because it captured the time it was made in. Yeah, yeah. The When I said a, a little bit ago about my my idea of classic horror versus modern horror modern horror for me become real life right it become you got a little bit of in the late 60s but it really really took off in the 70s because it was about real horror that happens all around us so you know you got the real video nasty stuff of last house on left and i spit on your grave and then text chainsaw massacre falls into that right because it's got that kind of vietnam style horror about it it's yep. about like kind of going out into the unknown and just kind of these this world that's been left behind and it's really visceral and really in your face and yeah I I love that I I love the idea so if they can and capture to, that and to us what what is a vintage look at the time it came out it would have been uh, very of the time it would have been like yeah yeah you could have been watching it and you could have been thinking oh, I you know I live near a house like that or I could walk down yeah. a street like that or yeah. I know people like that. Yeah, yeah. Again, that, again, that's something that I, I put down to modern horror was this idea of moving away from purpose-built sets, you know, real heavy lighting rigs, and then going more Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is mm. a dirty old mansion 
you know, boiling hot weather. You know, it, it looks like it smells because it did. It, you know, you're just shooting with natural light in some instances. It, it, it's real. It, it's mm. as real as it, you know, the, the story around it is fake, but everything else within it is real. It's, mm. you know, the that house was real. The, the you know, rotting animal, you know, the, the uh, dead animals and stuff like that, and the skin that they used in the house and, and stuff like that. That was, you know, some of that was, was made and some of it was real. And, you know, if mm. you find any one that was on the set that talks about it and stuff, they say, you know, it was 100 degree weather and it was horrible. It was, it mm. was a horrible shoot because it stunk. It was, you know, just so uncomfortable. And that. But you feel that, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, oh, yeah. it feels like that. You can see the sweat on the actors. You can see, and you know it's not fake. You know there's something real about it. So I don't think we're going to get that level of, because I think you'd probably get in trouble if you treated people like that today. But yeah, I hope we tap into a little bit of that with us. Yeah, so I'm looking I, forward to it. I think, you know, the, the guy produced Evil Dead, I mean, he, he could do wonders with it. So Oh, I agree. I as agree. long as if they go down that route again, then it, it should be very, very good. Right, dude, moving on. So a little bit of news drop that I'm quite excited about it, if I'm honest. So Showtime have ordered a pilot episode of Let the Right One In, mm. which is the Swedish novel and film, and then was later turned into the American remake, Let Me In. Have you seen the Swedish film or the American yeah, yeah, remake? Yeah, I've, I've seen both of them. Yeah. Love them both. Yes. I think they're great films. Oh, and- incredible. Yeah. When I saw this title, I thought, ugh, because I thought, you know, they're going to take the film and, and turn it into a series. But it sounds like it's a, it's its own entity that they're springboarding yeah. off of the book and the films. Yeah. So that's really good to hear. Yeah, I think it, it really loved the films and really interested to see what they do with it. Yeah, I am. I completely agree. I think it's I've always thought that there's more from that story. It's such a unique story in a way because it's following a child which like you there's some stuff that's dealt with that, oh, yeah. but it isn't that often that you'll see like a you know and these are proper horror films and i, I haven't yeah. read the novel but i imagine it follows the novel quite closely they're 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 not kids horror films no no, like, no. they're genuine horror films and they deal in quite adult themes as well so, yeah, I've always thought that's kind of right to do a little bit more with. I'm really surprised we never got a sequel to the American Let Me In. Because... I, I can't. It's, it's insane that you're saying this to me because I was just thinking when you said you felt there should be more. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I kind of feel that way disappointingly so because, yeah. you know, the way that, especially as you say, the American one, the way that ends, it just felt like there's more to tell because. You know, the, the, the two kids obviously care about each other, yes. but we know that eventually he's going to yeah. outgrow her and yeah. be, you know, becomes this weird caretaker dad figure. Yeah. You know, it would have been good to explore that. Or did she care about him enough to to make her like him and they find someone else? Who knows? Yeah, I think there's a lot of... There's a... <laughs> what did he say? He kicked the door open and said, FBI, open I up. thought he did. <laughs> Don't, don't edit so it out. It's, no, it's I'm going to it in. That's that saying. He also called you a punk earlier. Oh, really? Yeah, he did, yeah. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like Great that. kid. Great kid. He's got some spunk. 
he really yeah. has. He, he's got some attitude on him. Oh, he's going to get a clip round the ear in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Talking of a uh, talking of outrageous kids with a, with a bit of attitude. So yeah, back to uh, that was a nice segue. Yeah, it's not bad, is it, mate? I'm getting better. The uh, let the right one in, or let me. I'm yeah, not sure I... what they're going to call this. Actually, <laughs> this is going to be let the right one in. Let me in. But yeah, like like we were saying, I think that there's definitely a lot more you could do with this. There's, I love what you just said about yeah. the idea of you've got that film, and I I imagine the TV series is going to be that. It's going to be the book and the story we've seen in the films, and then either that's half of the series, or that might even be the full first series. But I'm very very interested in afterwards. I'm very interested in that continuation, like you just touched on. Mm. that weird fucking relationship of you know she's always going to be that age yeah where does that relationship go as he starts getting older what does that look like well that's going to be interesting unless they're misleading us with the details it's actually going to be completely different um but similar so it actually says the series centers on a father and his 12 year old daughter whose lives were changed forever 10 years earlier when she was turned into the, a vampire at the age of 12. Yeah. Uh, perhaps forever. So, you know, perhaps forever is interesting. Oh, yeah, and, that is actually. Yeah. And it's also said it's a father. So when I read that first time around, I thought, OK, well, you know, the father figure. But it, it's very clear, you know. A father, his twelve-year-old daughter gets turned into a vampire. So, you know, if you go down, you, know, you look at the pictures, and I think, um, I think it could be much more. You know, uh, what's, uh, do you remember? Um, did you ever watch the vampire series um, Van Helsing, where it's no, Vanessa Helsing? No. There's there's part of that where, a bit like the governor in the Evil Dead, where a character's daughter has become a vampire. And he knows how horrible it is um, and, you know, he hates what she's become, but he's still her father and he still right. looks after her and feeds her because it says in here he, he does his best to provide her with the minimum amount of blood she needs to live. So right. I, I think it's very much going to be uh, in that world, but different kind of relationship dynamic. I'm very, yeah, I'm very, very interested where that goes. And yeah, I mean, the the last thing I'll leave it on is if you're interested, um, yourself, Chris, or anyone else listening, is interested in that story of like an adult take on a kid's vampire story. There's a really, really great film I saw a good few years ago that's actually on Shudder now. It's called The Transfiguration. Go and go and check it out. Is this? Oh, is is this? uh, It's not English, is it? No, it's American. Yeah, it's American, and it's very similar. It's very similar, but it, yeah, it's it's great. That re- that really rings a bell. To yeah, me. it's really good. It's really really good. Definitely, if you're in, if you like, uh, let the right one in or let me in. Go and check it out. I think you'll definitely definitely take something from it. Without awesome. a doubt, it's, it's stunning, really stunning. And that's on Shutter. That that could be my uh, nightly viewing sorted. There you go. And talking of Shutter. They have announced a new upcoming series. This this is an amazing uh, sequence of segues. It's almost like we've prepared. It's almost like we've prepared. It really is. (laughs) It's almost like I've staggered these stories in such a way. (laughs) They have announced a new upcoming series 
called Dead House Dark, which tells the story of six short horror stories from six different directors. Now, I'll include a link to this down below because there is a trailer for it, which I quite like the trailer for it. And I really like the score over it. I really like the song over it. But yeah, dude, what's your thoughts on this? I think and... it looks brilliant. Yeah. Really, really brilliant. I know and you're I... a bit of a fan of an anthology. So... I do. And I, I always I always enjoy uh, the, the story that ties them together. And I really love how they've got this one bang up to date. And they're using the objects yes. in a dark web box to tell yeah. the different stories. I think that's excellent. Right, really, really yeah. good idea. I really, really love that. That really, really speaks to me. Years and funny little story. Years and years and years ago, when uh, there was a bit of a trend of like short filmmakers on the festival circuit. I think I had Echoes of the Past on the fe festival circuit at the time. They were getting picked up for anthology films, and then a few filmmakers to try and basically cheaply deliver their first feature film mm. they were they were trying to work out ways of basically putting their short films or theirs and you know a friend's short films into an anthology film because then you can sell it as a anthology or upload it wherever and maybe make a bit of money so i started looking into this with my short films and seeing what i was going to do with it and with my um Echoes of the Past producer and the screenwriter of Echoes of the Past, Tony Sands, we come up with an idea. So if you remember back to when we were crowdfunding Echoes of the Past, yep. we actually shot our pitch video in a um, like charity, like a retro charity shop, like vintage shop. Mm -hmm. And when we were in there, I was saying to Tony about this idea and, you know, we kind of got spitballing and we said, well, what if we filmed a wraparound for my short films where a basic, like a, a Crypt Keeper presenter finds an object in this shop that then like leads into one of your films. So for instance, like the person in the shop would find like Hugo and then that would go into silently in your shadow. And then you would find the music box from Echoes of the Past, and then that would go into Echoes of the Past. So, see, like, when I read this about the the box from the dark web and then a little object in it that leads into, I was mm. like, oh, fucking, yeah, that's really, like, it, maybe it would have worked then. Maybe it would have worked. Are but, you, but you could still do that. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course we could still do it. Yeah, loads of people are uh, doing stuff like that. Yeah, I was thinking about, I was actually thinking about the other day to do with, um, Silent Your Shadow Echoes of the Past and Black Mass actually like all three mm. of them doing a little anthology thing around that. But yeah, um Yeah, man, I love an an anthology yeah. film. We we'll see. We we'll see where it goes. But uh but yeah, I I really like the idea of this. What did you think of the trailer? Excellent. Yeah. Really good. Really diverse cast. Good to see some older actors in there as well. Yes. Uh yeah. I think the the trouble is when you get uh, different directors, you know, you, you you can get ups and downs in the quality of the film. So it then falls to the strength of the, the overarching story that will, that will tie it together. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, like going away from horror, but for, for, four rooms, Quentin Tarantino was yeah. Yeah. Uh, part of that. Robert Rodriguez. Can't remember who the other two, the other no, two directors were. Really um, and Madonna in it, didn't it? But, um, you know, the, the, the wraparound story was excellent some of the internal stories were better than others yeah but it, the, the wraparound story just kept it going and i think this is such a good idea if they could pull it off then it's it's going to be great i mean it looked brilliant the trailer 
Um, I'm not sure what I, I've <laughs> that's what I make of. There's a bit in quotes on on this press relief where it says, "A giant mystery box of chocolates." Well, there's <laughs> well, there's something in there to suit a variety of tastes. In the end, chocolate is still too. chocolate. What does that mean? I thought that was such a weird. <laughs> what does like, that is mean? Is that some like horror version of Forrest Gump? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just I read that and I thought, oh, here we go. This is going to be good. Like, like. Uh, what was I going to say? It's like a giant mystery box. Yeah, I thought that was Which weird. one has the orange cream? Yeah, that was so strange. So <laughs> it was strange. so weird. Now, there's there's two things you said, actually, that um, I'll touch on, actually, just because they really stood out to me. So one of them was the older actors in the trailer. And again, I, I really like it because me and you have spoke about this before, about they're rightfully so. It's such a call for diversity within mm. film and TV at the minute and stuff. But sometimes you see older actors get left out of that. Yeah. You know, and I, I, that isn't right because that is a big problem in our industry, especially around actresses that, you know, once they're over a certain age, Hollywood kind of deems them irrelevant unless you're Meryl Streep, you know, unless you've got a really big name, you're, you know, it's always who's the, you know, next young actress coming through. So it's really genu- nice it's genuinely that. ridiculous because oh, it's crazy. horror it's crazy. More, more than anything uh, could be applied to any of our lives at any point. Yeah, it's crazy. It's you know? crazy. It, yeah, it does. It doesn't make sense, man. It really doesn't. So I'm, I'm very much on board with that. And then the other thing you touched on is there's two types of anthologies. There's the anthology where a little bit like I was just describing, like you know, like the Crossroad Pictures idea, mm-hmm. where you've got the setup, but none of the stories are actually connected. They're just like Tales from the Crypt, right? They're just individual stories that are not connected. This isn't that. This is actually described as interconnected horror short films. So not only is the wraparound, you know, your the bit that ties it together, but by the sounds of it, all of these stories are going to bleed into one. So I find that quite interesting that, you know, they're, they're all part of the same world. So, yeah, man, let's see where it goes. And that is interesting because once you watch a trailer, they don't really look like they're part of the same world. Do you know what I mean? Like some of them look, some of them are shot found footage. Some of them are shot very, you know, they look very classic film-like. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Let's see where it goes. But This, this is going to sound terrible, but have the Amazon ones come out yet? Not the new ones, no. I know, I know some of them have finished shooting now. I thought they were supposed I... to. I thought they were, I thought they were going to come out in February. Yeah, do you know what? I think you might be right. Have I we haven't just completely a... missed them. <laughs> I haven't seen a podcast. I haven't seen. I watch stuff on my Shudder subscription is through Amazon, so I watch. I go on Amazon quite a lot, and they haven't popped up. So I don't know. I don't know if they got pushed back. Mm, very strange. Yeah, yeah. But this is also um, this is also something that is becoming very popular. Mm. Like this is on Shudder. Amazon, like we've touched on the Blumhouse ones, and they've got more coming. Blumhouse have like deals with fucking everyone. They've got the Hulu uh, one, the feature film deals as well. And then they've got a deal with someone else that they're doing at the minute. So this is becoming very popular. This kind of pre-packaged anthology of either short films or even feature films in the yeah. Amazon Blumhouse. Yeah. So I reckon we're going to see a lot more of it because it's obviously, I think it's probably a cheaper way to to make a decent bit of money and sell a variety of films to a streamer. So, yeah, I think we're going to see a little bit more of it. And yeah, you know what? Completely. I'm all down for it. Yeah. 
I'm all down for it, man. I quite like it. And you know what else is becoming really popular? Go on. Documentaries. Good segue. <laughs> Good fucking segue. We're killing it today, it's man. It's been so smooth. Oh, we are pop, killing it pop today. Pop kid bursting in pretending to be the FBI, but, you know, you can't win them all. You can't win them all. I mean, to me, that just adds to it. I mean, we need a little sound <laughs> like that for every show now. So, you know, getting ready every time we record. But, uh, yeah, so great segue, Chris. And that brings us to Sasquatch, the brand new documentary series coming to Hulu next month. So we don't have Hulu in the UK. So yeah. maybe Netflix for us? I hope so. I hope so. Or, or possibly disney plus via the stars tab because hulu's main investor is disney so they could just put it on stars over here i, I don't know how that's going to work but could do but anyway from the duplass brothers who uh make a ton of independent stuff and they've actually made a they made a documentary series on netflix titled evil genius mm -hmm. which was really really good if you haven't seen it it's fucking insane yeah, so this is about this is a three part documentary that calls back to a story from 1993 that took place on a pot farm in Northern Carolina where a journalist was, you know, going there to investigate the pot farm and then it just turned into this fucking Bigfoot story. So he's now going back and, and reliving it. What's quite weird about this is when I first heard about this and when I first saw the trailer, I didn't realize this was real. I didn't think this was a real documentary. No, I didn't. No. To me, I was like, this is fake, right? Yeah. This is fake. But the way people are talking about this and the way the press releases wrote and the fact that they've referenced their other documentary, which is a real documentary, I guess this is completely real. It, apparently it is. It's just that I think the way it was edited and it was just that that first few seconds just made me think, oh, this is a fake documentary. But yeah. I don't think it is. I think it's 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 real. Yeah. What do you do? You know anything of this story? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm in two minds about this. I mean, I I have a bit of a thing where I feel like a lot of these American documentaries spend so much time recapping, which is yes. a, a bit of a pet hate of mine. And I, I hope that isn't not all of them. So I hope it's not the case with this. What I found most interested in this outside of the paranormal is how it could it could just as easily be a story about the drug industry and the story of uh, bigfoot is a convenient way to keep people out of the way and to make people disappear without too many questions i think that's exactly where it's going i think i think you've hit the nail on the head i think that's exactly what this documentary is mm. going to be is the within this set up the the legend of bigfoot and the stories of bigfoot is actually a cover-up for people that have gone missing mm. within the kind of wild west of you know the pot farming industry so yeah i think that's exactly where it's going i think you're going to find out that that was purely a cover-up or bigfoot's real who knows i mean i mean i think they'll leave it semi-open-ended yeah they'll, so. they'll they'll deduce that it's very likely that it's you know murder cover-ups but that you know the, the door's open for other possibilities it's a tough one for me because in terms of the cryptozoology angle 
on the one hand, these vast wooded wilderness uh, in America, you, you know, you can't really living yeah. in the UK, you can't really get a sense of scale. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but the state of Georgia is bigger than the UK. So, you know, the, the size of the place yeah. could make you think, well, you know, could could these creatures exist there? But then the other part of you thinks, well, with, with today's technology, surely, surely they would know by now so, there was something. Okay. Okay. So with that said, now we, we've touched on the documentary. There isn't too much to know. I will leave a link below because, again, there's a trailer. The trailer looks great. Looks really good. So... Let's go on a little bit of a detour here. Bigfoot, real or not? I'm very open to the possibility that, there, yeah, there could be a, a, a missing link, if you like, yeah. Uh, yeah. somewhere uh, in these wildernesses. I think I, I think it's more likely to be in, like, Himalayan regions and, you know, yeah, Siberia, yeah. the vast Russian uh, areas of nothing, rather than... Uh, America, but but that said, like I said, there are huge areas that are densely forested and not many people go. So yeah, I think it's entirely possible. It wouldn't surprise me if someone came out next week and said cast iron evidence. I I don't think it would surprise me as if some as if someone said, oh, we've got evidence of a ghost or we've got evidence of uh, alien life. Yeah, good you know point. that yeah. that would be shocking. But if, for me, if someone said they had evidence of this, I would say, yeah, that's quite believable. And I kind of I feel like I'm talking at myself out of my, you know, wilderness idea, because at the end of the day, they discover new species of uh, life. Yeah. All the time. That I, have never been discovered. Yeah, I, I completely I believe at one point. A version of Bigfoot, Sasquatch, the Yeti, whatever legend you want to jump on, I believe at one point it there it's very possible it was real do i believe it exists within the usa mm, that's a little bit more skeptical for me just because you know legends and myths have come out of there fucking more than anyone in the last like, 100 200 years right they they love that stuff most ufo stories come out of the usa and yeah stuff like so is it possible there yeah it's possible of course it's because like you said there's just so much untapped wilderness there but it's a lot more believable 20 years ago like now yes. when everyone's got a hd camera in their pocket and these stories have not really slowed down yeah i feel like we would have got something a little bit more concrete than just some rough footage or someone's um you know dodgy testimonial i i feel like we would have seen something there but could this exist in like you said the himalayas up some mountain somewhere yeah yeah of course it could of course it could and i feel like that's more likely because there are parts of the world that are completely untapped that we are yet to really explore you know they say that i was reading something the other day where they say that in terms of space we know more about space than we do the bottom of our own ocean yeah yeah that's right it, because there's stuff at the, we can't get there we literally can't get we haven't worked out a way to get to some place at the bottom of our ocean. So God knows what's going on down there. Well, so, yeah. Have, have, have you definitely. seen the Meg? No. <laughs> no you, give give the, give the Meg a watch just to hear Jason Statham say, that's one big fish. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I brought it up is because it's about the Marianas Trench and right. uh, what's at the bottom. Yeah. And what we think is at the bottom isn't. And that's that's quite interesting. 
Yeah, it's very interesting. Sometimes when you hear this stuff, that it's like every year they find thousands and thousands of new species within the ocean that, mm. you know, we had no idea. We had no idea existed. So, you know, and there's certain things that we believed were myth. The one that gets me from like a few years ago is the giant squid. Mm. Is that for years and years and years and years and years, hundreds of years, that was a myth, right? That was a mythical creature, the giant squid. And then it was, it was real. It was yeah. real. They, you know, they got video footage of it, and I believe one washed up, uh, dead on on they a beach. They can get extremely big, and oh, yeah. all right, they yeah. they might not be quite as big as what people have said in stories. Yeah. However, if you're on a boat in the middle of the ocean, you're oh, pissed, yeah. and you're a sailor. You know, oh man, you know, yeah. it's like any any fish story. It's always a bit bigger than it really was. It's like any story. That that <laughs> yeah. stories stories are always made a little bit bigger than than what it is in reality but yeah i mean that so yeah possibly right the, the thing that makes me most skeptical about bigfoot though is like because of its name you know it is big how many examples of that do you need to sustain a population because yeah. it's not it can't just be one walking around otherwise it's not walking around for much longer you know there, there has to be enough to sustain a population i think that is one of the things that gets me about it is like on on a really serious note is most nearly every story is a single sighting, yeah. You know, or, or evidence of what some people believe might be a camp of a single bigfoot. So and look, that that's possible. They could, but there's got to be more than one, yeah, within any area, like you said, to sustain life. They can't. No life sustains with one, you know, one creature well, to, forever. To... To me, I, I have a scale that I like to reference these on. And at one end, you've got the Loch Ness Monster, which yeah. I don't believe exists at all. I think yeah. it's impossible for it to exist because, one, they would have found it. And two, there would have to be many of them for it to exist. Yeah. Um, the other end, which until a few years ago was cryptozoology, and I think it's pretty much accepted it is real now, is the Beast of Bodmin and the idea of big cats in the West Country. Oh, yeah. England you know to me that's a scale of absolutely not to almost definitely is real and I've put Bigfoot in the middle in the middle of that I'm open to it but there's a lot of holes in it for me I completely agree I completely agree uh yeah all right let's let's see where this documentary goes and then uh yeah it's going to be a good documentary nevertheless I mean if you've seen Evil Genius their Netflix yeah, yeah, yeah. documentary that's great that's that's really really good so yeah and they the Duplass brothers never do anything bad in my opinion they do some incredible work so yeah very very much looking forward do you think where they go with they will have a little clip just to give examples of Bigfoot of Harry and the Hendersons oh, that'd be amazing <laughs> yeah I can't see why not I can't see why not but yeah that would be incredible I'd love to see that definitely all right, dude, that rounds out the news, which of course means we're coming on to the creepy link of the week. It is a returning favorite. Again, I think this uh, series, the creepy link of the week is just going to become a this creator <laughs> at some point. Yeah. But why the hell not? Because it's the creepiest stuff out there, right? Yeah. Go on, sir. Give it an introduction. Bit of, bit of background uh, it's by a YouTuber called Meat Canyon, and he makes a lot of parodies of life and children's cartoons uh, most of them are filthy but now and again he does something that is genuinely disturbing and this is one of them it's a take on 
Peppa Pig. What did you think? This is straight up horror movie territory. Yeah. Like this is more so than more so than anything else you've sent me. Like you've got all the ones that are like creepy and like, oh, okay, that kind of lends itself a little bit to horror here and there. This yeah. is a straight up horror film. This is a straight up horror film. It is. It's even got I, a jump scare. It has got a jump scare, yeah. I'm not I'm not as aware as Peppa Pig as you probably are because you've got young children. Yeah, love it. Obviously, I, you know, everyone knows Peppa Pig. Everyone's heard it. Everyone's seen something here or there. I've never watched an episode or anything like that. So I'm not as ingrained as it is maybe you are. But I know enough for this to like, for this to is freaky as fuck, man. That this isn't a normal episode. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. I'm like, I don't think this is what's on kids' TV. But yeah, man, this is insane. This is actually one of those episodes where. I don't really know how he gets away with this one because I, with a lot of the other stuff, it's like, okay, a lot of that is really raw and really like on the fucking edge of, okay, are you going to get sued? Hmm. But some of it is more like classic children's stuff, like the Teletubby stuff or the Looney yep. stuff or, yep. you know, it's not really relevant right now. Peppa Pig's very relevant. So like, this is something that I thought, I think like, Kids could be searching for Peppa Pig stuff yeah. and find this. So this is what I'm saying. Like, this is something that I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. I, I, I mean, I think that's why he has called it what he has. I yes. can count to three. Yeah. The, the three things that I really took away from this was his voice is just insanely creepy. He does all the voices to it's all very, of his cartoons. Yeah, it's very, very creepy. Yeah. He, could, he could do voices high-pitched, and he could do this very low, deep it's that low one that fucking gets well. you. Yeah. Just him counting to three throughout is, is really creepy. I also noticed that there's this low kind of hum throughout as well, which yeah. made it really yeah. tense. But the thing that re is really striking, you might not know this of, of not having watched it, but all of the characters in Peppa Pig are always side on. And oh, no, matter, okay. no matter which way they face, they always have both eyes on that side of the face right okay. so in this pepper pig who's this demon pig more than once she's facing face on and you see that she's got four eyes two on each side yeah okay yeah see that didn't yeah so that's, i just that's thought that was like a design that. from he's point no. yeah i didn't that didn't hit me why he had done that okay that makes it even creepier that makes it even creepy. There's some great... When I say this is straight up horror, man, there's just such a great understanding for, like, horror techniques in this. Like, one of the ones that is a scene under the bed, but then it's when they go out the door, and it's mm. just, like, pitch black outside the door, and you hear him counting to three, yep. and the camera just slowly pushes in. Yeah. That's such a great horror moment, man. I also like... Two more I picked up on was when... George is under the bed where he's hiding yeah. and Pepper goes away and you hear in the distance like a plate drop and spin. Yes. So it gives, yeah. it, you know, she's still there. She's still doing stuff. And the other one I loved was um, went into the uh, other room as well. You had um, Daddy Pig was already lying there. So straight away before it even started, you know, you, you knew that some, something was something was very wrong. I mean, you just saw him lying on the floor. There was no yeah. no kind of build up to it or anything like that. Yeah, man, it's it's fucking disturbing as hell. And I think if you've got any 
any kind of reference to Peppa Pig, this is going to hit you even harder. It really is. But yeah, man, it's it's something. It's definitely something. He's, like I've always said, he just has such a great understanding of not only parody, but horror and sound design as well. Like you touch on mm. like the plate spin and stuff like that and the, the low hum throughout. Just the sound design of the whole piece. Incredible, man. It's just so, I've, it's really, really well put together. I've really. shown you his Star Wars ones, haven't I? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're t- <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I think he's genius. He's absolutely genius. I agree. I agree. And I think that yeah. there's a lot of people who do these kind of comedy takes, but he does the horror ones very well. Yeah, he does. He does. So, yeah, let us know uh, what you thought of this, boys and girls. And please uh, leave a comment down below and like the videos. That does help the channel. And actually, the one last thing I'll say before we we come off of the creepy uh, link of the week is I like the way it ends with the Instagram Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Do you know what? I really, I was hoping he was going to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I that, really that, like that. You know, the whole thing, He's he's a guy who... Uh, is perfectly comfortable in this day and age having a mullet completely comfortable being overweight and he makes this very classic looking yeah. 70s style infomercial hey mark don't tread on me <laughs> the american flag behind him it's so good it's so, i love the bit where he says about the um the two new t-shirts yeah. <laughs> it's like that's the pay daddy's taxes that's daddy <laughs> pays taxes yeah <laughs> and then where he's like and i love the bit where he's just like like gassing with himself where he's yeah. like come on like pay some stuff do you want yeah, me to do this for free you fucking assholes and then he's like did i just call my fans assholes <laughs> oh man yeah he's he's really good really really he's good. really good i really like him he, he genuinely seems uh yeah he genuinely seems like a bunch of fun he does these live streams where he just draws characters oh really so you'll see him draw oh, characters in a disturbing way and then a little while later, like a few months later, you'll see them turn up in a in a in a cartoon he's That's done. Cool. So I've seen That's him cool. I've seen him draw Hey Arnold. Um he's done oh, that wow. in a cartoon. Um but there's one that he hasn't used yet and it's goofy and it looks Jesus, it looks disturbing. Yeah. I'll it bet. really looks disturbing. You have to send me it. You have to send me a link to it. I definitely if if you can if it's the up. But yeah. When it comes if he makes a short of it, we're definitely doing that one. <laughs> definitely. Awesome. All right, dudes. It's been good. Thank you for joining me again. Thank you so much, everyone out there, for listening. And until next week, boys and girls, stay very, very safe. Cheers, guys. Bye.